Hello, everybody, and welcome to the NASDAQ Dorsey Wright podcast for this week, which is starting Tuesday, February the 16th, 2021. I'm Jay Greg Nanny, and here joining me this week is Ian Saunders. And hope everybody had here, at least in the U.S., had a nice uh, long holiday weekend. Also hope that everybody is staying uh, safe, uh, as well as um, trying to steer clear of the winter storms that are wrecking havoc, it seems like, uh, through a lot of different parts of the country. Uh, here in Richmond, Virginia, I think we were spared the, the brunt of a lot of the damage that we've seen, but still uh, ice storms coming in over the weekend. Uh, number of people losing power here in, in Richmond, but I think uh, we're, we're certainly uh, seeing that trend turn a little bit as most people now have, have gotten power back on just in time for another storm to come in on, on Thursday. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But uh, nonetheless, I uh, hope everybody's staying safe and healthy out there. And, you know, a couple of things that we wanted to mention uh, and, and talk a little bit about this week are, are some of the things that are in the headlines. One of the, the, the big outside of all of the storms that are happening, uh, one of the big things in the headlines this week is seeing uh, Bitcoin rising to above $50,000. And uh, it's been uh, remarkable just to watch Bitcoin. Obviously, um, Bitcoin brings with it and, and has historically brought with it quite a bit of volatility. Nonetheless, hitting historic record levels as as has been the market uh, over the course of the past uh, couple of weeks. So that sh- certainly shouldn't uh, shouldn't go unnoticed or, or unmentioned. Um, but but the fact that Bitcoin is moving back up to fifty thousand uh, dollars is quite remarkable. And for those of you who are not familiar uh, but have clients or yourself interested in looking at Bitcoin from a point and figure point and figure perspective, um, we a number of years ago uh, began tracking a lot of these cryptocurrencies. I won't say we have every single one, uh, but certainly Bitcoin, and you can see the symbol there, dollar sign BTC. Uh, all of the cryptocurrencies that we track on our website are, are available under the chart list section. And there's a special reports down there towards the bottom that says cryptocurrency. So uh, the vast majority, I would say, uh, of the of the cryptocurrencies that are out there that that you or your clients might be familiar with will be access, accessible under this this page there. If there's something on there that you don't see that you want to know about, uh, let us know. We can certainly take a look at um, at, at getting something added there. But uh, for those of you who are interested in cryptos, that is certainly something to take a look at. Another, um, I think. Interesting stat, as as Ian and I were talking about uh, cryptos and and Bitcoin specifically, is according to um, Gemini, which is the platform that that you can trade cryptocurrencies on, that Bitcoin uh, now, I guess as of last night, had a market cap of uh, just over 900 billion. So to put that in perspective, there's there's four companies within the S&P 500 that are north of a trillion dollars. So if Bitcoin were a company, it would be roughly the fifth largest holding in the S&P 500. That's, that's pretty remarkable. Uh, the second largest, uh, again, just over $900 billion for Bitcoin. The second largest by market cap perspective is uh, Ether, which is just over $200 billion. And then you drop off from there uh, the next one. Uh, I, I'm, I'm assuming I'm going to pronounce this right. Uh, Cardano. Ian, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, is, is just over $27 billion, as is Polkadot, uh, just over $27 billion. So still, a lot of cryptos in terms of their market cap, uh, a lot of those out there are, are well over a billion. 
Um, you know, I, sh I shouldn't say a lot of them, maybe call it just eyeballing that, yeah, a dozen, maybe maybe a couple dozen there. Um, but bit Bitcoin, obviously, being the the, the uh, elephant in the room there, the big gorilla at, at just over nine hundred billion dollars. Um, so uh, pretty pretty interesting. But uh, as we mentioned, um, you know, there there's a lot of uh, research and data that you can get on the crypto space um, on our site as well through through the access to charts uh, and the likes there. So. Uh, but you know, as we as we continue to move forward, um, you know, we've not only seen nice breakouts across a lot of the crypto space, but we continue to see, uh, as we mentioned, that the equity markets continue to push to new highs, and and as a matter of fact, continue to see positive developments from a number of our equity indicators. That's absolutely right, Jay. So I mean, as um, a, a lot of uh, maybe conversations over, over the long weekend might have tended to, to gravitate more towards Bitcoin and whatnot, with that being more in the news. Uh, we continue to see domestic equity indices hit, hit new all-time highs uh, as well. Um, saw an interesting report this morning that said it was almost um, almost one out of every three days so far this year that the S&P 500 has hit a new all-time high. So, I mean, continuing to see that consistency of improvement and something that we've seen reflected in some of the indicators, as you mentioned there as well. I'm looking at stuff like the bullish percent for the New York Stock Exchange, ticker BPNYSE, on the platform. Measures the percentage of stocks, roughly 2,000 names, in the NYSE that are on a current point-and-figure buy signal. Um, we saw that reading get back up to 78% in January of this year and then decline in, into a column of O's um, down to a chart level of 66%. So still up in the upper third of that reading. Um, but had definitely seen that declining participation towards the end of last month. Um, but then actually last week, this, this chart reversed back up into a column of exits at 72 and moved a bit higher to 74%, um, putting us back up above that 70% that threshold, which is denoted by, uh, for those that are following along on the platform or on, on YouTube, um, denoted, you can have the option to turn that on but, um, with a, a line, red line across the screen there. Um, so in, in look, we've done a little bit of research looking at uh, what we typically see for the broad market, at least from a forward return standpoint for the S&P 500, um, looking at the percentage of days that we see kind of positive returns with moves north of 70 percent. Um, and we actually see that we, we generally tend to see pretty positive returns for the S&P um, from a week to one month to three months to six month out standpoint after we get back above that 70% level. So, I mean, in looking at it, it can, it can oftentimes be thought of as, okay, well, moving up into elevated territory for the bullish percents, showing increased participation from a lot of the names underneath the hood, um, but can also bring thoughts of frothiness to mind, wondering if things are potentially getting too overbought. Um, but we actually see that looking out forward, we would see at least 70% or better returns above the actual instances from when, when it hits 70% and continues to move higher, um, you know, that we see 70% of those returns better and then continue to in, improve from a forward return standpoint, the further out we go from that movement north of 70%. So um, definitely a sign of further improvement and further kind of strengthening that we see underneath the hood that the, the BPNYC is continuing to tick higher. And this carries over with many of the other bullish percent indicators that we have on the platform, BP, SPX, um, some of the other more focused bullish percent indicators, also swinging, swinging back higher into a column that is continuing to show that increased participation. Um, and something, Jay, that we were, we were continuing to look at here, um, I mean, obviously with the market hitting, hitting, continuing to hit new highs, we see increasing participation from some of these readings. 
Um, and we're looking at some, some areas that have maybe led to some of this further increased participation. And one name that has been mentioned frequently in our research throughout the past uh, several weeks has been the energy space. Um, but looking both at, at a few different kind of aspects of energy and then coming in here, looking at the broad energy select sector spider fund ticker XLE. Um, we seeing that uh, seeing this fund march uh, a, a bit further, uh, a bit higher here this Tuesday morning and into this Tuesday afternoon at the time of this recording, up about 2%, improving it to a, a new high for this year, uh, up at a chart level of 46 after it returned to a buy signal there last week. So, I mean, come, the XLE energy space has, has certainly seen a fair amount of volatility over the course of the past few months, but comes in with a solid fund score of 3.84 and a very strong score direction of 3.75, um, showing that real, real uh, significant improvement over the course of the past, uh, over the course of the past few months here, Jeff. You're, you're right. And, you know, you, you look at XLE and, and that's, that's really hearkening on the, you know, kind of traditional energy companies. You, you've got Exxon and Chevron, um, those two names combined uh, for about 45% of the weighting or, or, or about 45% responsible for the movement of XLE. And, you know, so the, the traditional energy names certainly have been doing well here over, over the course of the past number of months now. Um, but, you know, energy, uh, traditional energy as a, as a sector, um, it doesn't have a very big weighting in the S&P 500. It's, it's a matter of fact, it's the second smallest uh, just behind real estate and about two and a half percent of the S&P is, is uh, relegated towards looking at, uh, again, traditional energy companies. Um, but, you know, you look at some of the other areas of, of energy outside of the traditional sense, and, you know, you've seen a lot of strength across some of the alternative energy areas, the, the uh, clean energy, the uh, specific, you know, solar and those types of names, which they don't typically get classified as energy, so they're not going to show up uh, within the energy classification is a lot of maybe more tech oriented or uh, industrials uh, focused from a, a classification perspective. But uh, for instance, like the Invesco uh, Clean Energy ETF PBW, that is a, a ETF that has an overall uh, positive trend, continues to push to new highs. I mean, it's got a score near nearing six of 5.96 and just continues to produce this very consistent series of higher tops and higher bottoms. And so that's, you know, one name within the clean energy space that uh, that you could take a look at if you wanted some energy exposure in that in that space. And again, um, that, that, to contrast that a little bit from, say, like an XLE, uh, the PBW or QCLN is another one out there that's that's clean energy. Those are going to own uh, names that are in the solar industry space. That those are going to own um, names that are in that alternative energy space um, that are not in the traditional uh, uh, oil production or, or drilling uh, capacity in there. But it's a lot of the technology names that go into the you know the solar uh, panel installation or could be uh, wind uh, wind power and the likes there. But um, those clean energy uh, areas they have they've not only seen um, tremendous uh, strength over the course of the past, call it year. I mean, 2020 was a big year for a lot of those names. And we've seen a lot of those uh, companies just get much, much bigger, a lot of uh, increase in terms of the interest and asset flow 
within a lot of these clean and alternative energy ETFs, um, whether it's the, the clean alternative energy theme that investors are looking for, or um, some of the conversations that we've certainly been having are using the clean energy theme as a way uh, to invest impactfully in, in more of an ESG and, and socially responsible manner. So uh, e either way, you know, from a technical perspective, the clean energy theme, that, that sector, uh, PBW, Q QCLN, uh, two examples within the clean energy space of ETFs that, that continue to show positive technical pictures today. The, the energy space is, is certainly uh, an area that, that continues to get a lot of attention um, from the traditional sense as well as the clean sense. But, you know, the, the commodities that relate to energy, too, are among some of the strongest um, that we've seen out there. That's absolutely right, Jay. And, and coming in, there's a few different ways that we can look at uh, kind of strength underneath the hood of some of the individual commodities that we have on the platform. Um, one of those being through the pre-made matrices tool that, that we have available. So those that have access to the matrix tool should have access to a variety of pre-made matrices. One of those is the continuous commodity matrix, which takes a look at the uh, 21 different kind of continuous charts of commodity uh, futures that we track here on the platform. Um, and in coming in and looking at that matrix of 21 representatives, um, we see maybe perhaps unsurprisingly crude oil is the top ranked uh, continuous commodity chart that we have in looking at that chart from a buy signal perspective. Um, gasoline is also found up towards the top end of that matrix at a rank of fifth out of 21 names currently there from that buy signal perspective. Um, we also see that natural gas is, is in the top half, but if looking at it by the column of X's, it's the third, has the third most column of X's out of any chart on this platform uh, or any, any uh, particular commodity on this platform if you sort it by that X's column. So haven't seen that, that, uh, that strength for the natural gas-based carryover quite as much as it has for some of the other areas within energy. Um, maybe that could change in, in looking at, as, as Jay mentioned, with a lot of the, the cold front moving through at least the northern part of the country and maybe increase for for more of that, that heating capability there with the natural gas could could lead to some further changes from there. But um, definitely something interesting to note, we see in, in looking at the bottom end of the matrix, um, apparently orange juice and coffee are not quite as popular in quarantine as they were prior to quarantine, uh, seeing those areas continue to rank towards the bottom. And, and gold has been another interesting area, Jay, that we are looking at that is a, has, has shown a, a fair amount of movement over the course of the past few months, but is has uh, definitely declined from a relative strength perspective relative to some of these these uh, these energy related areas that continue to tick higher and, and gain signals from our, in, in, on these relative strength charts. Yeah, and you've seen even today uh, crude oil front month crude oil uh, futures contracts touching sixty dollars a barrel briefly for the first time in, in, in well over a year, um, and so crude oil just continues to continues to climb and, and performs well, relatively speaking, against other commodities, uh, but, but in, in terms of absolute uh, performance as well. Um, certainly, the, the winter storms uh, likely impacting a lot of that um, in terms of just crude oil consumption uh, today. But And that, that strength and, you know, crude oil and energy as it relates to commodities um, is, is probably the most important area of the commodity market, just because it, it tends to be the biggest. A lot of uh, commodity-related funds that are broad-based in nature, they, they tend to, if they're cap-weighted or, or production-weighted, like the S&P 500, the bigger companies get the biggest weighting in those indexes, whereas com a lot of commodity-related indexes, um, like the, the S&P GSCI index, 
those are production weighted and you know crude oil is is the, is the largest in terms of that so you know that's why crude oil for, for many many reasons but one reason why crude oil and why we look at that the energy markets and the fact that energy is strong uh, certainly has boded well for the broader commodity asset class within dolly as commodities at the end of last year moved up to the number three ranked asset class um, behind U.S. equities, still at number one, still very, very strong. International equities at number two, uh, still strong and has picked up uh, strength this continually this year. Uh, but commodities has, has picked up the most strength in terms of the net number of new buy signals that the commodity asset class has added to its tally ranking. Uh, so it's still in the number three position, has not overtaken international equities as both of those asset classes have improved and continue to improve this year. And one of the bigger trends behind all of that um, that we've seen is, is you know, the, the weakness in the dollar. That's something that we've talked about quite a bit, but, you know, the dollar has been in a negative trend for quite some time. And historically, uh, that has, has been a good thing for international equities, especially emerging markets, as well as commodities. A weak dollar um, environments tend to benefit international equities and commodities. And that's, a, you know, exactly what we've seen really over the better part of the past year now, um, since the dollar has been in a negative trend. Uh, for for quite some time. So, um, but like I said, with that said, big picture. While there's a lot of of stuff to to talk about in the news, and you know, a lot of uh, new highs across asset classes, uh, whether it's new 52-week highs, like in the case with crude oil, whether it's new all-time highs, like the the major equity indexes, or, or even in the cryptocurrency space, a lot of new highs uh, continuing to be hit here as we move through 2021, uh, as we see. Uh, new opportunities emerge or potential trouble on the horizon. We'll be sure to keep you up to date uh, through these podcasts, through our videos, as well as through the daily equity report that's content that gets gets published and, and produced every single night. So uh, with that said, hope everybody has a great rest of the week. Hope everybody uh, who is being affected by the storms out there are, are, are staying safe. And we very much appreciate you joining us this for this call and look forward to talking to you next week.